Welcome to the Crash Course Podcast. You're not buffering. Sorry, I don't know. There was a delay, so I figured I'd explain it. <laughs> that actually is not the worst segue in the world. No, I've I, done I, worse. I have to admit that. that. I've definitely done worse. Um, today, we have a special guest, Joe Ro- Joe Rude, <laughs> if I could speak. So, <laughs> and take two. Welcome to the Crash Course Podcast. Today, we have our guest, Joe Rude. Almost screwed it up again. <laughs> Joe Hi everyone, Rude. my name is Joe Rude. How's it going? From Kings of Karaoke, he's well known for the nerdyoke he does at the Waystation, uh, among other accolades. I'm sure he's here to talk karaoke with us later. He also brought us a selection of artists and music in the vein of uh, walking, Walk Off the Earth. He brought us a collection of different covers they've done, as well as their new EP. That covers. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Will Wheaton, I watched this YouTube um uh, television show he does called Tabletop where he plays board games with his friends and there's a, a, a gag reel he'll put separately of him trying to get the takes doing the intro and doing like the, the explaining of the game and sometimes he'll be talking and in his mind know he screwed up the take and then just start cursing in the middle of the take just be like and then string of expletives and it's hilarious and funny that's, how often that happens when you know you're acting and stuff yeah I'd imagine like I can't even begin to imagine what it'd be like to be on camera and completely F up an entire line. Like we'd have the digital equivalent of racks and racks of tape. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, I mean, hey, we have some... And the funny part is the bloopers that we... The blooper episode we made last year is all pre-episode stuff. None of it... Well, some of it's taken from chunks of parts of the episodes that we've edited, but most of it's pre-episode That's why I, found, I found the picture of the racks and racks of tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... This is the first cover band we've done. And the yes. first EP we've done. I yes. need to stress that on air because I'm so completely baffled by it. <laughs> Are okay. we excited today? A little bit. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. Um, but uh, we do albums. But yeah, this past weekend, of course, this past Sunday was Nerdy Oki, uh, which um, Joe Rude runs, and uh, it's always a lot of fun because Nerdy Oki at the Waystation is this kind of great conglomeration of nerds and karaoke in a judge-free zone where anyone who can't sing can can sing also and. I have horrible stage fright, and it actually made me feel comfortable singing in front of other people. Hell, it made John feel comfortable singing in front of other people. Even Steve. You did song this week and, la- and last time. I had to tackle Jeff Buckley because I'm insane. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> but you did good with it. Yeah. The falsetto, maybe. <laughs> the other stuff, I gotta work I, I, on. I fall backwards. One day I will get that perfect note. Yeah, I typically fall backwards onto 90s music, where those singers didn't sing great either, so... <laughs> They can't, and I can't. It almost works. And our guest is the very personable host of Nerdy Yoki. That'd be me. Yes. So how long have you been doing Nerdy Yoki at the Waystation? Uh, Nerdy Yoki is still relatively young. We've been doing this since uh, last summer. Okay. Um, we were doing it uh, monthly up until December, and then we started picking up uh, by week or every other week. Uh, so we do second and fourth Sundays now um, at the Waystation. Uh, typically nine to one 
how I tend to go much later because I'm having too much of a good time. You are insane on that stage. You're <laughs> jumping on and off and on and off. I'm ready to see a cartwheel, even though the stage is like five feet wide. <laughs> well, there was one point towards the end of the night where he ran onto the stage and almost went through the wall. There was. Like he staggered towards the wall and stomped himself. I'm not sure if I was drunk or just really quick. You should have a breakaway wall just in case <laughs> right? those situations arise. Well, that's the great thing about Nerdyoki is that we can have gimmicks like that. I mean, every week so far uh, since we've gone uh, twice a month has been something new. This week we did um, create uh, the nerdiest t-shirt you could find, which I came up with at 3 o'clock yesterday <laughs> before the show. Nice. Uh, just because I was like, I want to do something fun. T-shirt judging contest! Yay! By the way, I'd just like to mention, I felt that Tyler was unfairly abolished from that show. He had a science <laughs> shirt. Nerd, science is nerd. It's the original form of nerddom. I am. Now we have to have uh, quirky little sayings wait, and wait, references. Wait, wait. I am only deliverer of sentences. The audience was judge on that. Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to get into what his shirt actually was. It. I will refer any listener to episode 13 if you want to hear what Tyler Parker does. Episode 13. The science. I'm impressed you remember the exact episode. <laughs> I'm good with this stuff. It I, got hazy around 30-something. It got hazy around 3. <laughs> I go over it in my head just to keep us all respectable. Um, we have so, an archive. <laughs> to, to, uh, so, uh, other than Nerdyoki, um, my week was fairly uneventful. Um, kind of been just jumping around my music library, not really consistently listening to anything specific. Um, and as far as events during the week, I didn't really do too, too much. Played some D and D as I push up my glasses on my nose on Saturday, but that They're was not bad. affixed with tape, so it's not that nerdy. That's true. <laughs> um, what about you guys? Any fun stories from last week? I okay. I got the new Droid DNA, which has no. It has an amazing sound system to it, so I've just been going nuts. I swear, guys, we'll get back to music. Please don't turn no, it off. I'm, don't turn it off. No, I'm specifically <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, he's specifically talking about the musical capabilities of his yes, new droid. Yes, no, it's got uh, one of... It's music to my ears. Dre beats. Wah. It's got the Dre beat sound system built into it. Oh, does it? Yeah. Interesting. Dude, the thing sounds great. I have news for you. Yeah. It's not the droid you're looking for. <laughs> you should go about your business. Move along. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm a nerd. That's true. Um, there's, there's no secret to that on this podcast. <laughs> the nerd juice will seep out of your headphones as you listen to this. That, it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, about... <laughs> Walk Off the Earth. First segue. Walk Off the Earth is a band in... The, the vein of a lot of bands that are getting popular through YouTube, through going viral, like in the vein of Jimmy Wong and Jason Monday and, and a lot of um, wizard rock artists also have gotten popular that way. They're, um, they're so hard to describe. They're essentially part sketch group, part folk band, part experimental musicians. They are the exact opposite of Friday. Everything that is wrong with that video Friday... I was gonna say they the do week. it the right way. Every they are the exact opposite. So the first record, I, I can't get on board with like why yeah, even use her <laughs> as a, like so what? arbitrary Rebecca Black because we need to stop using her. It's, yeah. it's, it's pointless. It's she's irrelevant. the epitome of what's wrong with no, YouTube. She's irrelevant. There's, there's, she's, she's irrelevant. There's, she's she not the epitome of anything. I get no, I get it. Uh, what is her name again? Rebecca, Rebecca Black. Black. I actually have never listened to the song all the way through. Thank the lords. Hmm. I only heard the Stephen uh, Stephen. Colbert I'm requesting version. it next time I show up. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I have to. 
We're gonna let, replace, let me just tell everyone a secret. Before we go back to Walk Off the Earth, I want to tell everyone a secret about uh, karaoke DJing. That freaking song and Don't Stop Believing are the bane of every DJ's existence. <laughs> because everyone requests Don't Stop Believing. Yep. And so few can ever do that beautiful song well. Yes. And so it's now just a bloody horror to our ears. I always feel that if you're going to do Journey, do the lesser-known songs like Wheel in the Sky or Separate Ways. Or oh, Separate Ways, yes. Just about anything else <laughs> by Actually, Journey. Actually, let's put it unless, this way. It's a big book. Yeah. Unless, Please <laughs> turn the page. Unless yeah, you so are we have Journey, the largest collection. Yeah. Unless you actually are Journey, I don't think you should just do Journey. I, I, you know, so I heard a um, cover band do uh, Separate Ways, Female front, uh, front, blew it out. I was like, that's better than Journey right there. That's a bold statement. It is a bold That's statement. Very bold. It's too bad that group uh, has broken up because I would, I would invite you to see them and bet you to say any differently. Anyway, so walk off the <laughs> earth. The first record is a um, an album that that um, Joe had purchased online that was a, essentially a collection of covers um, that they had done, and the first track that we listened to off this collection of covers, just called the covers. Is somebody that I used to know, uh, originally done by Gautier. It's um, the cover that you'd expect to be done by a cover band, I think, at this well, well, especially a modern cover band, because... That or Stairway to Heaven. Nobody covers Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Everybody covers Stairway to Heaven. This is Stairway not the 70s. <laughs> this is not the 70s. What's big about this uh, particular track, though, is that it's actually the uh, song that brought the name Walk Off the Earth to the public mind because uh, of the viral video on YouTube... Um, when uh, with five people playing one guitar, which I have to say, you told us that while we were just listening to the song, it's a lot more impressive when you're actually seeing what they're doing. Because Absolutely. even though you say five people, one guitar, I feel like no one really understands what they mean. Like on the head, like you don't really mean five guys on one guitar, do you? And it's he does. He and does. honestly, you can listen to us describe what this is, but seriously, watch the video. It's incredible to think that someone actually took a guitar untuned it, tuned it precise, like, and then freehand tuned it to this precise place where you can play the thing at different places and different parts of it. Like, Is it even a normal-sized guitar? That's yeah. how normal size yeah. they all fit around. Yeah, it's a standard-sized acoustic, yeah. more or less. Which is really funny because they actually just uh, found in a pawn shop somewhere this huge guitar that they covered their own song, uh, Red Hands. <laughs> they oh. do it all on the one guitar. That's funny. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, but uh, this this version of somebody that I used to know uh, was simpler than the a little simpler than the Cotier version. But it, it, I mean, it's all on one guitar. I mean, it's it, basic, but it's done so beautifully. It had a couple of bonus, not bonus, but improvements. I feel on the original song, which was a better uh, range of inflection in the vocals, which I enjoyed a lot more. It was a, definitely more emotional because of that. Well, even though it was more minimalists, I'd say it had more character. Absolutely. Yeah. And then um, the the female singer in the band... Who is creepy hot, by the way. Blew the song out when she when she came on. Like, it, it gets your attention. And she has such a beautiful voice, and it just sold how beautiful and kind of creepy that song was. And this way they did it on the one guitar, I stand by even more my, my saying that it was police-ish. It, it reminded me of the essence of Sting and the Police. Just the, the, the way, the, this kind of flow of the sound. But then it's again, the fact that it's because their voices are so powerful. Yeah, a la Sting, but the the instrumentation it's it's a lot more subdued. Yeah, right, and that's pretty much police in a nutshell. 
Yes. Anyone want to say anything about it? Anything else about it? Anybody? Anyone? Sarah Blackwood is really, really cute. Yeah, that's... She's the female vocalist that's featured That's really what in, we should focus on here. <laughs> yeah. we'll walk up there. Let's do a, that's, ten, that's a tangential I, podcast. I'm actually just focusing on that right now. Well, she just has such a beautiful voice. I have been making fun of you all day because you are falling in love with her voice. Yes. And it's true. You do fall in love with that girl's voice. It's it's beautiful. And it it's it's a added little spike to the gut that she's just, oh my god, good looking. And she's anyway. expecting. Um... So off limits, everybody. Uh, off limits. Off limits, everybody. Yeah, I think Johnny Luminati is a threatening enough character, as fun as he seems. <laughs> I wouldn't want to mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ne- next track, Payphone. <laughs> so this is a cover of the Maroon Five song Payphone, which was a mediocre track off their um, overexposed album, which we reviewed. We reviewed in episode four. And ripped apart as well. I hate this song. I hated it the first time I heard it. It's not a great song. It's not that creative. It's typical pop. It doesn't showcase any of Maroon 5's talents. However, what they did with it, I think, was so much better. First of all, there's a xylophone in it, which I love. (laughs) This raised a question to me as to how highly you can really rate a song that you didn't like in its original conception. I mean, granted, you can take liberties with it, but to what extent? To what extent can you really fix that kind of song? I'm not so sure if they made it phenomenal. No, but the they made it better. The most I could say to it was that it had kind of a pep to it. It had That's more character, it. and it was it reminded me of what Maroon 5 used to do, which was play instruments. I mm. would challenge our listeners to check it out for themselves, because I think that the way that Walk Off the Earth does Payphone is brilliant, and it right. I, I actually really, really enjoy the song, right. thanks to uh, Walk Off the Earth's version of it, where I, I, I really, really hated Maroon 5. Fair enough. I appreciate what they did for it, but I gotta agree with Steve on this one. It was it's still starting from such a low level. You can only do you can only make it so good before it literally becomes a different song. They weren't messing too much with the arrangement. The arrangement was almost the same. It's really like I, I, I would hesitate to just give them credit for the sake that they're a quirky folk band. I I'm just hesitant of that. You know, oh, I don't want to give them that much, but. The rest of their covers tend to be really, really on spot. I just, you know, why Payphone? That's what I had to ask. I think it was interesting uh, with Payphone, especially because it gave a lot of uh, opportunity for looping, which is something that Johnny Illuminati does Mm. really, really well. He actually records, he plays, I mean, every one of the members of this band are actually multi-instrumentalists. They can play a number of things, including the theremin. Whoa. Yeah. Theremin. Johnny plays the the theremin. You need to point me to one of those songs, like now. <laughs> they're, they're all on YouTube, seriously. I'll turn this off, I'll come back. Uh-huh. Um, and he actually has a um, one of those scratch uh, sounding instruments. Washboard? Washboard, yeah. A tie that he actually does a accompany uh, himself on, while also playing the ukulele, the drums, uh, shakers, and gu- the guitar. So he's a fan of like the back closet of... of uh... The showroom of Clover. Well, it's well, yeah. fully artistry of music making. Well, I like people remembering that there's other instruments in the world. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. again. And Walk Off the Earth, again, uh, they um, they actually produce all of their own... Uh, all of these tracks were produced uh, by Johnny Illuminati in his, uh, in his home studio. Yeah, self-made band here. Very impressive, I gotta say. Did not have any help from any label. Uh, moving on to the next song, track three on this mix of covers was Can't Take My Eyes Off You. 
Um, it was a very sweet and fun version. They didn't really... I don't think they revolutionized the song, but this version I I enjoyed for different reasons than I enjoyed the original. I agree 100% you with know, that. You it, know, it's, it's hard to beat the Frankie Valli version or... This one sounded a lot more like um, Lauryn Hill, Fuji's uh, cover... Yep. I think it was Lauryn Hill. I found... I didn't like the combination of... What was it? The uh, techno remixing and the ukulele? Oh, the techno beatboxing yeah, and the and ukulele? I did not like that combination. It kind of... It hurt it for me. I kind of did. I thought it complimented Yeah, each other. I think mm. that's coming down to more personal taste, probably. Well... You I, just might not have... For, 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 for the tastes of... of Hey, if, you... don't ruin a good argument when it's the best start. <laughs> no, I found the ukulele was just too divorced from it. Stick, it's sticking with that acoustic string sound would have probably worked better for me, personally, than introducing that beatbox. It, just, it was just a little bit off. I don't know, I, I like wrong. when people bring together the highs and the lows. I actually think it, I think it was actually very well pulled together um, by one other element, and that's the... Uh, Really excellent vocals of uh, Sela Sue in that one. Uh, she was featured on the track with Walk Off the Earth. And uh, just her voice, it's a. Uh, I think it's, it was actually better than um, Lauren Hill's version of it myself. I really like her voice and I like the way that the uh, ukulele and the uh, techno beatbox kind of were blended through her voice. What was her name again? Sela Sue. Sela Sue. S E L A H. Sue. Ah. What I has just... she done before? I don't know. I didn't have a chance to check her out. An independent. Hmm. I disagree wholeheartedly. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> track four, party, party rock, rock at the argument wall. wasn't fun. You <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of songs to get to. Get so, your head in the game. So, pa- party rock anthem, obviously originally done by LMFAO. I don't like LMFAO at all. Not because. <laughs> So, from a production standpoint, being able to remix and mix stuff, I mean, there's a talent in that. But their songs are all so similar that them as an artist, I don't, I just, I don't get. But, however, this song, of a lot of their songs, were very, was very repetitive and boring in its original form. But what, what Walk Off the Earth did with it, I think, improved it and made it leaps and bounds better than the original track. Okay, uh, this is not my, like, LMFAO, not my style of music in the slightest. But I had the song pounded into my brain last year by, you know, you have a group of people around you that absolutely love it. You can't help but get a little bit involved. And I had to say, the song kind of drew me in after a while. I, 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 I'm ashamed to say it, but it happened. Traitor! So, <laughs> okay, but Party Rock Anthem, in their take on it, was no worse and I still was better because they turned it into a funk song. And that's combining, like, that's, that's my absolute love right there is funk. True funk is, you know, bringing in that, that little whammy guitar. I didn't hear any strings. I kind of wanted strings. It had that background layer. It had a piano. It did have a piano. And the bass. The bass. Oh, that bass. The bass. The walking bass. The walking bass. See, that's what the original song was missing. It did not have a bass. It just had a lot of bass, very heavy bass rhythm. It was a fist pump. And that's basically what it was. You guys can't see me fist pumping over here. That's right. But he's fighting. It was fighting back and forth with the piano. I love that. That dueling nature of the piano work versus the bass work. Yeah, it's like that song, Dueling Accordion. Right? 
I've been doing this the last couple of weeks is calling okay. out John no, on the podcast. This, this deserves an anecdote. <laughs> he was trying to get at dueling banjos, as you might know from the movie Deliverance, and but he said dueling accordions. accordions. And, and just imagining that taking place doesn't But the, be, but make the best sense. part Suddenly about it I'm is... I'm back in the old country and we're playing the accordions. No, the best the reason why is because the first time I actually ever heard that song was because I caught it on an episode of Family Matters, where they actually they used do accordions. accordions. Yes. You can't be as badass doing that on accordions as you can You'd with be surprised. banjos. But the funny thing about Urkel... I'm going to keep this. I'm gonna, I, I need to be referred to this episode. Urkel, <laughs> Urkel held up. But John, <laughs> John delivering information with such a stone face, like he knew it was fact. It's like, like that. It's I like that. That, that dueling accordions. Yep. No, yep, guys, I couldn't think it. of the word. It's the words. The words are are they're like hard. They're, they're so no, that's not it. They're difficult. They're like that. Yeah. So that's the thing with party rock anthem done by Walk Off the Earth. <laughs> it uh, was awesome. Go check it out. One of the greatest things I think about this song is that you're just saying how they uh, they fight with each other, the piano and the and the um, walking bass. And, and the whole time. And I'm going to use a much better word to sum this up. It's counterpoint, guys. Yes, it's counterpoint. counterpoint. <laughs> Where, whereas in I ca- uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off You, it didn't work out so well and I'm, in some of your opinions. <laughs> I think that in Party Rock Anthem, the counterpoint, that fighting, worked Beautifully, it did. It the really thing, did. The, the the thing that really held the whole thing to, was the guitar going wah 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 wah. Just like the whammy, just the yeah. whammy, just a little wah wah. Very, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no Stop. whammies. <laughs> Extremely tasteful <laughs> whammy. Thank you for that. I've been waiting on that one. Yeah, yeah it was going to come up eventually. Tasteful whammying. The same thing that's used in uh, one too many porn videos. Tasteful, <laughs> tasteful Very whammy. Tasteful. Is that what they call it? <laughs> tasteful whammying? Or is it tasty whammying? <laughs> oh. Well, uh, let, let's move on here. We have, uh, We're backing up. We have kids on the show. So, <laughs> which, so the next song is uh, backing up yeah, song. Give me a minute. Why? <laughs> he needs a whammy. You can laugh on the podcast. There's no law saying you can't. Anyway, um, no. the, the next track is Backing Up Song, which was um, not a song I had heard before. It was by the Gregory Brothers. The Gregory said? Brothers, yes. I don't know who they are, who they were, or what they do, or... All I know is that they... Re- this is a story song, and I personally love songs that tell a story. And I, it's telling the story of a of, of a robbery going down, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of awesome. Um, I was I was actually really into the lyrics here, and yeah. as we've said many times, I'm not more more lyrically oriented here, more musically oriented. But I was, yeah, well, John is John, 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 Steve for John all loves me right now. You know, we have to stop doing visual cues because nobody can see them. Well, you don't actually have to announce the visual cues on air. Use yeah. your imagination, folks. It's the magic of radio. That had good timbre. That had really good timbre. Thank you. I like it with the timbre. <laughs> I'm always about the timbre. Those few seconds over and over and over again. No, I'm, I don't know at all. Yeah, the lyrics were amazing. Shipper me it was a great. It was a great <laughs> wow, Steve, get out. Uh, what I really love about it, and this goes, um, my nickname, uh, DJ Joe Rude, comes from uh, not from being an uncouth and uh, impolite character, but rather from uh, being a rude boy. I love ska music with all my heart and soul. The two-tone rhythm rocks my face off. And Backing Up Song has got that awesome ska influence. Root or Root? I always thought it was Root. It's Root? Joe Root? (laughs) What am I, a Rootabaga? All right, fine, all right. I am am not a growing thing. (laughs) Well, well, I am a... Never mind. (laughs) No, it's Rude, as in Rude Boy. Okay. As in, the Rude Boy, gonna break it down for ya. Chata, chata. 
That was really bad. <laughs> yeah, awful. But we won't edit it out. It, we don't edit anything out. It do. It do. Um, yeah, no. The, the ska, the ska in this song was was great, and it's not something you hear as often now as you used to, especially it's, in the '90s. It was a pure goodbye third old wave. School. I miss you. It was a pure. It was a more of an old school sound, uh, sounding ska before punk got its talons into it and redefined what we think of as ska. Yeah. Yeah, because popular ska and the ska that this portrayed were very are very different. Yeah, it definitely has a much more uh, reminiscent of the specials, uh, yeah. the two tone uh, rhythms. You know what you're it talking is? Into, when you're talking about wave subdivisions of a, of a subgenre, yeah. as it were, I you're know. getting pretty elitist, and we were called out earlier on that. Still, that's coming from me, so you know, I'm a rude I, boy. That's kind I of think, the name. <laughs> I think we should we should do we should genreify genreify gen, whatever the genreification of ska. Where's your tone today? He left it at home. The definition James. of ska? I don't believe in James. Is that Yo, what I, I want to hear this. I want to hear this because we always hear John's perspective on this. I want Joe's. Okay. Uh, ska music is uh, typically um, typically epitomized by a couple of things. Um, it's not just the horns, and it's not just the upbeat that everyone thinks. Mm. Okay, uh, ska came out of Jamaica, out of Calypso and Mento in the islands, and also out of jazz and rock that was being uh, blared over the radios from Louisiana, coming across the, uh, the Caribbean. You know, that's where ska, the, those are the four influences that kind of came together and created ska music in Jamaica. Uh, so you've got the upbeat. You also have that awesome walking bass. That's one of the keys to good ska music is a walking bass that moves and powers the song. Put that together with an upbeat, put some horns on it, and you know some good feels, good jo- good jives. That's more what Sky is. Wait, are you telling me that a foreign country or you know a lesser known group created a f- version of music and then white people popularized it? That never happens. Even better, my friend. In the 1970s, what? when Scott emigrated from Jamaica to England, it got mixed up. So you got the black people and the white people singing it together. It became a whole... And that's actually where the term uh, yeah. two-tone came from. from. Because it's black really? people and white people. It's, it's a brotherhood. And that's really what ska music is, a, is about a lot of times. It's about brotherhood. It's about unity. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about the ska movement. It's not just about, you know rocking out it's about you know positive messages about being strong being unified and yeah we can throw down when we need to i love a good etymology conversation i really do i'm so <laughs> glad i asked that question good <laughs> boy okay <laughs> stop it le, so, le champs lc no <laughs> le, and now for something completely different le champs which is french if i'm not mistaken correct yes okay my, 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 oh my, my only god what? the champs elises <laughs> the, the only notes i have from this song i think everyone who's ever french. <laughs> everyone every french person right now is going oh i hate you guys yeah Yes, our wide French fan base yeah. that we have. We do. We, we could. We're American. They're going to hate us anyway. Let's give them a reason. <laughs> Champs-Élysées. sucked. What? No, I'm just trying to give them a reason. Oh. Right. No, this was an interesting song. <laughs> I, was, I liked it. it was, I thought it was quaint, and it had this kind of almost storybook kind of kids' song sound, even mm. if that's not what they were talking it about. It was very sing-songy sound. and quirky. And yeah. the way I figured, when, you're, when you are a minimalist band, I think that's the perfect way to go. And that's when I'm most impressed, is by those quirky songs. What I love about this one is that we don't have any real basis for knowing this song. I think the uh, mm. artist who made it popular was... Joe Dassin? 
and I might be saying that really wrong too, uh, but it's a classic French song. Okay. I, I found this all out uh, today, actually, because <laughs> I was like, what does this mean? I know that Champs-Élysées says a, um, it's a place in Paris, I believe. Um, Don't worry, beautiful. if you're wrong, someone will correct us or no one will correct us. I'm not French, I'm sorry. I know wines. <laughs> anyway, um, but we don't have a basis to really know where the song is coming from, which gives us a little bit of a wider opportunity to appreciate the musicality of it. And in this one, you get a lot of chance to do that because they're using so many different instruments. Um, kazoos make an appearance. Yes. Oh, the kazoo song. I love kazoos. Um, that's always going to take me back to a <laughs> old jazz professor of mine who was always like, yeah, no, take, take, take chances. You know, you, you want to do a crazy kazoo solo. Hey, go be my guest. Be my guest. Just throw it in. And I don't know if you guys heard, but actually the, uh, yeah. the track itself is uh, in the background. You can hear cars passing by. This yep. was done live on the street wow. of uh, Champs-Élysées, which was kind of cool. In the video, you actually get to see this little French kid walk up to him and it's so cute. Aww. Yeah, and another thing I liked about this song was just that especially with songs in a foreign language specifically, I like that, to me, since I don't know what they're singing, the lyrics become more of a, another instrument in the song instead of me actually mm -hmm. focusing on what they're saying. You know, uh, I brought this up when we mentioned Psy or when I mentioned Rammstein. These are bands that now you don't know what they're saying, so you just care about how they're saying it. And I think that brings a whole new kind of perspective and to, to me, a song. to me, that's the most important thing of the voice. So to yeah. me, it has... A little to no effect. In fact, it helps everyone hone in on the music, people who would not normally do so, like John. <laughs> but in this case, Ryan Mitchell's voice is just so, so nice on this song. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I genuinely enjoyed this. This was a, this is a summer day. That's what it is. No, that comes later. That comes later. Well, true. This is a French summer day, which is a little less, <laughs> and a little more intoxicated. Next. But refinedly so. The next track we get to is another one of their uh, songs that made them popular on YouTube because of the video. It's a Taylor Swift cover, I Knew You Were Trouble. I don't know why I paused there. Um, which they did um, acapellically? Is that a word? Acapellically? No. Not no. in the slightest. No. Okay. You By are, any dictionary on the planet. You are incorrect, sir. You lose, sir. This, good day. This, then again, neither, neither day. is Aka effing Pella, but I, you know, I, I, I said that. It's, it's, it's an acapella song where um, it featured, what was the uh, gentleman's name? Korean FX. It, Korean uh, FX. You're not going to find that spelling out Korean FX. You're going to look for K-R-N-F-X. The letters K-R-N-F-X. And this song quickly became one of my favorite tracks on this, this compilation because... First of all, I love acapella tracks to begin with. I'm a this fan of rockapella. Acapella is an inaccurate description of what was going on there. <laughs> acapella implies tonal notes coming from the voice. This was beatboxing with acapella. Well, that's why this I call this an, this is an all vocal track. Yes. I won't call it acapella per se, but but just I'll the, agree with you there. I mean, watching the video and then after having listened to the song and seeing how much fun they were having with it, and this just. One of the fascinating things to me about beatboxing, and I said this off the air to uh, to the guys, was that watching a beatboxer's mouth when they're doing it is just as fascinating to me because it's almost sometimes impossible to imagine those sounds coming out of the motions he's doing because there's so much going on in the throat with the tongue as well, which you can't even see. You did not We're watch talking enough about music, by the way. Yeah, you did not watch <laughs> enough Police Academy growing up because I could easily can figure A to B on that one. Remember, what's his face? I can't think of his I'm name. I'm not going to tell you his name. He's lost the sweeps and the creeps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I hope there's a lot of people out there. By the way, you do know right that now. the guy who does the sound effects for Police Academy and 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 um, uh, Spaceballs, which I'm blanking on his name now, he has his own <laughs> iPad game where he did all the sound effects for it. It's a game where you play this wizard, and it's like a third-person view where he's shooting goblins, and he did all of the sound effects for it. I wish I had an iPad so I could play. Anyway, I knew you were trouble. I This song, I want to take and solidify the musical notes and then find Skrillex and beat him about the head and show him <laughs> this is how you do techno, and they didn't use a freaking computer, all right? This was solid scat beatboxing with great acapella backing it up with beautiful vocals. It was an amazing combination. And you know what I think that is? They were doing it from the heart. Like, I, I feel like sometimes when it comes to beatboxing, when it comes to any form of, of modern techno, people are way too too avid to go to the loop machine. I they want to use existing samples. I'm, I'm tired of it personally. Is scat beatboxing right? Did I use that right? I don't know. That one I'm not sure of. Scat beatboxing? Yeah. What? what? One or the other. It's or beatboxing. You mean, are you asking whether this is scat or beatboxing? Yeah. Is scat a thing? Scat is a thing. Scat is most definitely but a thing, but they were not, not scatting. They were not okay. scatting. It was no. just beatboxing. Okay. Um, I know why John would get... There were sounds that are, were indicative of scat, but it, it wasn't. It was a, it was beatboxing. Yeah, scat would be like actual syllables. Yeah, saying, saying... Um, okay. But, but he made... Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. He yes. made like, robots. Scat, scat is also soloing. They weren't yeah. really soloing. Yeah. A there lot was, of it was written. There, were, there, was, there was robot tones coming out of human vocal boxes. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. Especially at the end. They get, you get a little... Uh, little at the end of the video. Skit, a little skit. With uh, Johnny and Korean effects. Uh, just, you know... Playing up the fact that he acts like a robot, he's or a that he's, he's, he's a pretty much a robot. Yeah, I'm just gonna turn this all down, just just, just a smidgen. This is the love fest, only because I have seen this before. It wasn't revolutionary in terms of a beatboxing, but it was damn good. It was on the mark. That's what it was. I wouldn't say they're doing anything particularly new. No, yeah, well, but it was I very really very well said done. that at all. Crane effects. It's the droid you're looking for. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. So podcast has just one too many nerds. We always one. had just the right amount of nerds. Now we have one too many. I feel really good because my pun. Uh, everybody is making bad puns now. So, so what was next? The next song, <laughs> Little uh, Boxes, which implies Little Boxes. Very, very straightforward imagery. So you're this saying is a weird song. Because of the lyrics, it was as you, you said, it was a folk tale. Yeah, folk are you not song. familiar with? I'm not familiar okay. with the actual story. Well, this is that's actually funny. Um, the original artist of the song, uh, Pete Seeger, actually grew up in my hometown of Beacon, New York. Um, mm. Lives up on Mount Beacon, and I'm like, he's the coolest old guy. <laughs> I've sold him watermelon as a kid all the time. <laughs> that's the most <laughs> random thing. Yeah, but um, Little Boxes was one of these uh, 1950s songs that uh, came out during like the unsettling period where everything was so pristine and lovely and the gaslight communities were opening up and every house looked the same and every pe person came out looking the same and every family looked the same the Levittown, when we started, Levittown -esque. yeah when we were Truman stamping Show. out the American dream on a conveyor line we had a dream we've been on a different story <laughs> anyway the history there of the was box. a dream so Little Boxes is this kind of, kind of cute and simple song very folky in nature but like an old, kind of older school folky sound and it, mm. it's indicative of the time period that you're mentioning that it, and the, this cover of it still very much harkened back to that though it was still very much in walk off the earth's t style what I love about it is that it actually keeps the identity of the song yeah hmm. but they still do 
I they still do something with it. I mean, I haven't heard the original, so I can't really compare it to the original. But from from what you're describing of the original, it sounds very indicative of that song. In terms of quirkiness, I put this in the same category as Les Champs Elysees. I mean, it had that air to it. Yeah, very, it almost sounded mm-hmm, like a you know. kid's song, you know, another kind yeah. of storybooky kind of kid's song. Uh, you know what? The, the, without having a reference for the lyrics, though, it came off a little creepy. Wait, oh, not in a I, bad that way. Was, that was the point. Yeah, that's oh, okay. the point of the song. <laughs> All right, then it's not just me. No. <laughs> um, and it, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It just didn't really... Uh, I didn't know how to take it. That was the whole thing. I didn't know how to take this song. Well, that was kind of the point. Vocally of these, and lyrically. That's kind of the point of those songs is to say, how am I supposed to... Let me, let me think about this thing that you've been telling me that everything's like a little box. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of... I think there's a reason why people do these songs and why these songs stick around. And it might have something to do with what's going on in our day and age. Are we still, you know, producing the same thing over and over and over again? Yeah, you guys were just talking that about... That is a wonderful comparison here. You know... Uh, and especially in the music industry, are we producing little boxes? We've talked about this quite a few times. Yeah, we've we've yeah. talked to death the fact we've that made the illusions towards boxing up. We've made the allegories and all that stuff. Putting the box in a box, and then putting that box in another box and mailing it to ourselves, and then smashing it with a hammer. Yes, <laughs> we're calling you out all over the place, bro. <laughs> he wanted to say I'm that. I'm quoting uh, 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 Emperor's New Groove. Come on, people. Anyway. To the next song, this is where I think the group is going to become quite divided. We have a a Beatles cover, From Me to You, which there was a clear um, separation in audio quality from this and the other tracks. You know, the the voices were a little echoed, but it had this kind of very earnest and kind of homey feel because it was very, I don't want to say low quality, but just, you know, kind of a lesser quality than the rest of the songs in recording style. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, the Beatles version, I enjoy more. But I thought it was quirky, and I and I definitely enjoyed it. It's like they're at home having fun. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I wrote down was like, ska, 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 because I always love the ska. But actually, I, I am not as in love with this as I am with the original Beatles song, because it's, it's a Beatles standard. You can't really... I agree know. with that. But I will also say that... Um, of all the Beatles songs to cover, I think the earliest ones are the best yeah. because they, the them, later the later they songs themselves were covers in in multiple cases. Uh, it's yes, okay, multiple cases, but even just because um, it's almost before the Beatles got their character. Yeah, you know the later Beatles songs are where we, we that that is quintessential Beatles right there. So it's almost yeah, but I it's feel, almost sacrilege. I would, argue, that uh, I would argue though that it's all quintessential quintessential Beatles, especially considering the Beatles, as far as bands go, there are a few others, but the Beatles really define okay. evolution of a band for me. All right, because they've changed true. so much over the years. Yeah, but I don't think anyone wants to hear a cover of Hey Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. I love that song. I love that. I love the song too, but that's kind of the thing. There's Who's going to do Hey Bulldog any justice yeah, when you true. see it when, after you've heard the Beatles? Especially since Maybe it's Elton. kind of an odd song. Maybe Elton. I say... Who can do that with the same? No, they're gonna get a real dog. Uh, You know what? I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm even further from enjoying this song. I really did not like the way it married the old school feel to a more yeah ska oriented sound. I'm I'm not wasn't I wasn't digging it. 
I do I love that. Whole, um, I think we're not as far off the mark from each other yeah. as we thought oh, yeah. we were going I'm at to be. I'm at the most dislike, and Matt's at the least dislike. But I do I, like but that. But I in... still agree that it doesn't. Like the original is better. Yeah. I mean, and that I think I think this song exists because they're sitting there going, "Hey, you want to do this song? You want to record it? Okay." And they did it, and that mm. was it. Like I think I there's a point in the video where Taylor, um, beard guy, beard guy, beard guy, I like is, beard guy. Beer guy is playing a guitar with his foot, or he's playing something with his oh piano with his foot. Nice, and he's like hitting every note right. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Well, I gotta compare this to uh, another track, which we're actually not reviewing, but I feel like I gotta mention it because we did listen to this off air. Eleanor Rigby, mm. and their version of Eleanor Rigby, I'm not a fan of at all. Uh, That's the yeah. perfect example of the later Beatles tracks. You know that you could do a lot worse when you cover them, because then everybody wants the character of the Beatles. Everyone wants the strings. Everyone wants all those little that we've been exposed to that our was, entire lives. That was That's what the we expect. Exact- yeah, that's your that's the exact point. The violin work was gone and right. that was what made Eleanor Eleanor Rigby the song. Exactly. It's it's it it loses its soul in that case. I mean, I really right. dislike that version. Right. And this so I'm just making the point that this is a little bit less so because Eleanor Rigby is one of those later Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. The early Beatles songs have a more um it's a more simplistic arrangement, which means it's easier to play with. It it's it caters to covering. Okay. But they whether you're going to enjoy it or not is left completely up to you. They weren't the best musicians back then either. Yeah, they were still... They were still learning. Teenagers <laughs> and... I'm fairly certain... Discovering they, themselves. They had yet to learn the names of chords. <laughs> you could um, be right. Some Night, final track that we listened to of the covers. Uh, a cover of a song by Fun. Um, it this- was... It was a classic homage cover. It was more or less very similar in style to the original. It w- no, it having really... re- having re-listened to it, I recant that claim. I I actually would say it is a lot more different. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it was pretty poppy. The original, it That's really true. was. That is true. Even in the way that they sang out that uh, that first that first chorus, yeah, it's just it, it has a little bit of an electronic background to it. And that was completely lacking here. Hmm. So even if the arrangement wasn't really played around with at all, it's the way they they presented it was much more folk. What, what they the... replaced all the electronics with is incredible harmonics. Like the harmonies that they create with their voices, yeah, absolutely flooring. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, that's the one thing I noticed in almost every single track where they do stay fairly true to the original. They're still playing around with the harmonies in their own unique way, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they're and they're, they're wonderful craftsmen at it. Yeah. They all seem so natural, too. Never seems forced. One thing uh, I like that no, we... No, 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 wait, wait. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> I felt like this one was forced because it really was... Not, not forced, forced, but getting close to it. I felt like because they this was the one that they really did not fool around with the arrangement, it lacked the the genuine nature of their other, other, uh, other covers. Well, in general, I'm trying to... Uh, steer clear of comparisons to the original band but sometimes you have to do that. I'm not a big fan of Some Nights from we, fun, we, by Fun. Oh, we did I'm it. not really a big we fan of Fun as a band. Particularly. They're not. They're, they're, we're, I'm not having a discussion about Fun because that'll <laughs> take us on a huge sidetrack. We're, no we're not getting on a huge sidetrack here. I, I just want to make the point that it, when, when, this, when a cover band decides to choose a song by a very, very, very generic sounding... It, it was like the commercial... It's commercial happiness. That's yeah. what I would put it at. It's yeah, commercial yeah. happiness, and they're just kind of copying that. Like, yeah. Almost, I feel like I'm not gaining anything by their their take on it. Well, really. do you want to buy a Prius now? 
No. <laughs> I, don't thing, I don't feel anything, and that's my point. One thing I did like that uh, we had discussed, uh, John, was the um, how it ha- how some nights the original has a folk undertone, but is very poppy, and how this one was a pop undertone, very folky. Right. Yeah, but they switched the balance. I still say that that margin is very thin. Yeah, They're walking the line. It because wasn't. It wasn't a hundred percent for them. This one features the uh, vocal stylings of All About Maggie uh, with "Walk Off the Earth." Um, it's. I find it. Much, I find it better than um, the original, personally. But then again, yeah. yeah. Well, like well I'm it. glad I'm they got rid of the version. auto tune well, the, the, that was in the, the original. Yeah. Song. My biggest problem with fun, if we're gonna go down that That's road, is because when it was popular. Don't go down the road. We Are Young was catchy. It got stuck in my head. But upon listening to it more and more, I realized... It does not grow in you. It's empty. It's empty. It's an empty song. It's an empty song. It's manufactured accomplishment and and fun. It's not... We will, and we'll get into this more later. There's a song later on their EP yeah, of originals gonna... where it it's actual joy. It doesn't feel like manufactured emotionality. Whereas... It, in fact, that's most that, of fun that's songs. On our list. Yeah, and yeah. I think we better just get there because that's going to be more fun. Feels manufactured happiness. So um, we had a bonus track on this CD, right? That's kind of just kind of floating in limbo that Joe had give, sent to me that we just listened to it. Are we sure gonna, what's going? You on? sure you don't want to put that bonus track on the EP? You said that was part of Revo. Uh, I th- this was a uh, like a bonus purchase, I guess, or like a bonus. Uh, he just got it with the albums. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's called Corner of the Queen. Corner of Queen. A corner of Queen. Corner of Queen Street, and I believe it's in Toronto. Um, uh, I liked it, except for one major part, and this is where they... I don't know how they made this mistake. The voices, the vocals, they took their standard vocals and went way too high-pitched. This is not a natural high pitch they normally hit, and it, it didn't work. It what? really... It was like... Oh, and it was terrible. And it's kind of funny because they actually do a uh, they do a YouTube version of it, which is different from this one. It actually is down in you know more comfortable uh, where they actually have a range. Yeah, and actually, I I prefer the YouTube video to this version. Sorry, walk off the earth. I really like your voices where they belong. Johnny, you're beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to back John on that one. I mean, people should stay within their range. I mean, it's it's just kind of common sense at that point. It's like the passion is appreciated, but please. <laughs> Sit me down now. Yeah. yeah. I just dig the song. I think it's a fun, It's a fun, song. heavy kind of... It, it's a bouncy song. And I, I did busking I did on the try. street. Who doesn't like buskers on the street? Oh, wait, we're in New York. <laughs> oh, I was going to raise my hand. I, thought it was, I didn't bother to react because I thought it was a rhetorical question. Um, I wasn't like Jones in for a good time, but we're not at that song yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So, the EP that um, we also listened to of originals by Walk Off the Earth is called Revo. Um... And the first track on that was called Red Hands. This song was very indicative of... It was pretty, but it was very 2000s kind of pop. Have we stressed these are originals now? Yes, yeah. originals. This, these, is, this is a four-song EP of originals. Um, the version that we listened to had a fifth song um, that was lumped together with the download that downloaded version. Um, but when we were listening I to the back... I got Yeah. Um, so the, the first track, Red Hands, I liked it, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything special as far as sound. It was, it, it seemed very kind of manufactured pop Yeah, this is what song. I was talking about earlier, and this is really where I saw it. I, I was, from the second they dropped that, that, that opening chorus, right after that intro, it was like no more than a few seconds in the song, from the second they dropped that, I felt 
I felt like someone was telling me to be happy. Someone was telling me this, the state, state-sanctioned happiness. <laughs> it was, it was anthem singing with deep drums. I mean, yeah. it's been, it's an overplayed. It's idea. very, very overplayed, and I'm getting I, tired of people trope. choosing it. I highly disagree. Uh, I understand where you're coming from, but I find this one to be a very, um, just very. It's a strong rock, to me. Uh, it's it talks about a lot of like very interesting emotions. Uh, that, you know, it's not like you have to be happy. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's not a very happy song, in I didn't my get opinion. Them. Well, usually I couldn't, no, I couldn't get the lyrics on the first listen on this one. Usually I don't make the accusation that bands are uh, going after these motifs purposely. That Usually it's just, it's it's a part of culture. It seeps in your mm-hmm. brain. You do it unconsciously. Um, no, definitely. But, but I mean, in this but, case, they're a cover band. They listen to a lot of music. Though. I don't think they're a cover band, uh, really. I mean, they've done a lot of covers, yes. Really? Well, that's one of the main reasons we're doing a, a dual uh, review right here, is because I think covers they... are a huge part of their work. But I think Absolutely. That, I think that's yeah. to get recognition, though. I don't know that they're going to continue to do covers once they can put out more music. I feel like Revo is the beginnings of them as an... As, I don't want to say an actual band because they are an actual band, but it's the beginning of their career as they a band. They have aspirations. Revo they don't is, want to just be yes, doing covers for the rest of their life. Revo is being produced by Columbia Records, uh, released, uh, I want to say, March 30th. Or, no, that passed or That hasn't passed yet. Um, mm. It's online. You can find it. It's It just dropped. <laughs> Look it recently. up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just to go yeah. into some details here that I found a little bit vexing. It's like the the verses had sort of this uh, Carly Rae Jepsen-ish vibe to it. The verses had very little character to me. They just kind of were. You know, it was the kind of thing that I feel like anybody with half brain could just kind of sit and write. I think I have to agree, uh, go with uh, John's typical direction. Go for the lyrics on this one because the lyrics are strong. The lyrics are very, very strong on this one. I, I mean, will re-listen. Yeah, I mean, saying mm. this gun is loaded, but it's not in my hand. I got that. I guess I just didn't feel too much from it. I feel like there need. I I needed. I wanted more. I Aww. either wanted that to be. You were doing so well connecting <laughs> with lyrics. What? Yeah, I mean, that's like saying we Sometimes, didn't start the I fire. I heard the lyrics this time. I'm actually you know? a little bit critical of them. Well, that's the pinnacle of lyrics, as far as we. Well, not pinnacle of lyrics, but pure, a pinnacle oh. of putting lyrics together in a very poetic way. Mm-hmm. That song I feel is very poetic. Man song. And especially the message. We he's didn't driving start home. the fire. And that's, I mean, that's something that popped in my head when I first heard that, you know, this gun is loaded, but it's not in my hand. The fire burns, but we're not the ones with the matches. Like, you know, you get that kind of same feeling from it, uh, personally. I suppose. I mean, this wasn't one of those cases where it's just like, you know, I couldn't really get past. I couldn't really hear the lyrics. In this case, I, I, I heard them, and I just didn't feel terribly moved by it. Or if, if, if I was to be, I feel like... The song, the music had to surround that message. I don't think it presented that very well. Agree. I will say that uh, one one thing we've mentioned a little bit already is that Walk Off John, the Earth is I'm, a I'm very... I'm Sorry. <laughs> one thing we've walked, I mentioned about Walk Off the Earth is that they are a very strong performance band. Like, they do a lot... Okay. They've been doing all of these music videos. They do all of these fan videos on YouTube. And Red Hands is actually one of their finest produced videos. It's a real... It's kind of a mind-blower because you watch the actual video and it's like, okay, that's cool. And then they have an unedited version where they show you how they filmed it. Mm-hmm. And your mind goes, explode. Well, we will. I'm not, we, I as want far to show as, you guys as far as one. performance is concerned, I'm I'm definitely agreeing with you there. They are a performance band. I don't often say that because I'm more of a studio guy. I like I like the refinement of music, the the you know the details. But they're a live band. They really are. Oh, yeah. I, I personally think that um, based on based on what I have heard of them, with all this studio stuff that they've done in their basement and everything, 
probably played it a lot of times to get it right. I, I've enjoyed their videos most. Mm -hmm. I think you have to see the character in their faces while they're doing oh, this. absolutely. And yeah. that's actually, I think it's actually also true for the second track, uh, Gang of Rhythm. No, so, no. And I mean, we didn't need the video. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I don't think yeah, you need the video. True. Gang of Rhythms is not the best example. But the video is awesome. Gang of Rhythms is good regardless. This, this the was, video on this one is just is awesome as well. This, but let's talk about the song itself. This was ingenious use of the fourth wall. They sang with very very inventive lyrics about the song. It's the self-aware song. <laughs> this I was call the it pure opposite. Joy. This was the opposite in the of the first song in almost every single way to me because it made me genuinely feel the happiness. It, it's it was a so feel upbeat. Good it was bouncy. It was so major. It was about coming together. It was great unity style song. It was very accepting of everything. It w it made you feel like there was hope. I mean, I really got that. The whole song was around. Well, we're gonna bring in the harmony. And we're going to bring in this, and we're going to bring in that. And at the chorus, they're talking about, let's bring us all together. And it was beautiful. And during just a female vocals chorus, and at, was, that, at that bring us oh, Sarah, all together. I was going nuts. At that bring us all together moment, after, an, after a song and a half of being kind of, I was indulging in this very happy-go-lucky music and thinking that the whole entire EP was going to be that way, then she comes in with this G minor chord. And I was listening to this in silence in my own, uh, I was listening to this on, on headphones, and I, I just loved that. It was the perfect moment. See it's that? like two seconds of music. Two seconds. See and that? I think we really underplay how much that can really right there. bring it together. That was a G what? minor. Yeah. 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 yeah, I pointed yeah. you that. Yeah. I will say this. Uh, I, I, I admit, when I first heard this song, it made me cry. I was just the so... The chord made me cry. It was just... It's a beautiful song. It, it really does bring out pure joy. Yeah. It does. Beautiful. It, it definitely... Uh, of some bring, of the songs that we've bring mentioned, in the it's definitely we'll one complete of... The, when we'll complete the, the game, what was that? Yeah, something like that. Bring in the... We'll uh, complete you, the group. We'll bring in the group. We'll complete the group. Yep. Are you really trying to quote lyrics? <laughs> You're making John loves me today. I think this is going to happen. No, I'm a little ashamed that you screwed it up. Oh, no, it's only because I wrote it wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Yeah. Check out the song. Check out the video. It's fun. It, it was definitely one of my favorite songs. It's definitely my favorite song by this band, hands down. And it was followed up by another really great song. By a beautiful love duality. It's not a ballad. I wouldn't call it a ballad. Speeches. So Speeches, to me, had this great almost marching beat of horns and drums mm -hmm. that it, it kept you kept you going and the lyrics I really liked but the, the thing that really sold it for me is it had this and me and Joe were more of an agreement of this it had this Zorro mass bandit kind of feel a little bit western a little bit folk yeah and it, it was just bit, one of those we, things the Spanish trumpets <laughs> yeah yeah which and, I'll say southwestern I'll go that far yeah and, and I, I just see Zorro and that's what really <laughs> that's what really sold me on the song like I just I, it gave it so much character it, it gave it a personality what I love about this song is that it has an agenda this is like a rally song this is high noon it is time to go you kind of get that shiver down your back it's like it's time to, it, the showdown is on let's take you know let's take our stand and the chorus is very powerful <laughs> Oh, when you lay your hands on me, I know I can heal. There is a blinding light no one else can see, nobody else but me. And it's just beautiful. Beautifully sung, beautifully accompanied. It was awesome. 
Yeah, I'm uh, glad they turned happy in, into beautiful at this point because some, uh, I needed a break at some point. It's a very different song. Yeah. I'm I'm, ki- I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> I'll find a a sad album for you. Good. We're, We're listening welcome. to one Good. next week, but we'll get to that later. That's a different kind of sadness. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's horror, really. I think. And you so, don't know that. <laughs> this this EP wraps this EP wraps up, or at least the four songs. Uh, that will be on the song. However, I got the fifth track. I'm not sure. But the fourth song that wraps this up is uh, called "Summer Vibe." And before we actually even listen to it, I looked at the title and went, "Man, I wonder if it's going to be one of those summer jams, jam kind of beach songs and happy summer song." Lo and behold, as soon as we started playing it, that's exactly what it is. No bones about it. It was, was an amalgamation of every summer song you could think of. After the previous three tracks, I didn't think it was going to be a tragedy. Didn't really expect that. It was a total we homage got, to the fun, the summer feel good song. Yeah, we got. And had a twang. Shh. <laughs> we got uh, bare naked ladies. We got red hot chili peppers. We got Beach Boys. She's the female Jack Johnson. We Sublime. had um, Sublime America. Santana. A little bit of Santana. Uh, it was it was every happy go lucky song from Southern California that has ever been written. Crammed together because it went through phases. It was weird mm. that way, and I enjoyed it. I think it was an homage to all those things. It's just like this is let loose freedom to me, and it just bounces so nicely. This is Jonesin for a good time. That's what it was. Now you're <laughs> quoting lyrics. Now I'm lyrics. <laughs> and this one's uh, fronted by Sarah Blackwood, and oh man, your voice. If I could marry your voice, <laughs> that would be weird, and she wouldn't be able to talk anymore. She has, she has the softness her, of Jack Johnson. I'm not a, That's what I noticed. <laughs> and Jack Johnson is very summery, and he's often associated as being very summery. Whether you love him or hate him, it's still, or just it's think still he's happy okay. music. Yeah, or yeah. just think he's okay. It, I mean, she's obviously much more talented, I think. But... She can what certainly with the, play with more the visual effects with you, seriously. John's been pantomiming the entire podcast. Practically. Can you guys not do a running commentary? I'm trying to communicate without words so that we can move forward in the podcast. Podcast. Anyway, these times. These the times was the track. fifth and uh, final track. final uh, track. It was a bonus track. This one was just kind of basic. It, you know, I liked it, but it didn't really do anything. It was just, you know, it was kind of a fun, kind of average track. Would you like to refute him? I personally find it to be a really great track. It doesn't have the same happy-go-luckiness. It's very different to me just because it, it goes into more frustration um, and then at the same time kind of like how to work through it. I find, again, this is a, a lyrically strong song for me, but uh, I just love the groove on it too. So I gotta say I'm with Matt on this one. This was... It was kind of a letdown after the others. I mean, it was, it was still good. I can't, I can't dispute that. But the best that had going for it was it had little quirky interludes. Quirky seems to be the, the word of the day today. Just because it, this album is so happy. It's obnoxiously happy. <laughs> I thought kabuki was the word of the day. That's a different word okay. for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Your closing oh. argument, sir. I agree with you, Joe. <laughs> no, this it was it felt like real old school less than Jake and that was one of but my favorite. But without the harshness that less yeah. than Jake can have. It so, was yeah, it I'll was it now. was a more toned down version which can't it didn't go wrong. It felt very it was very emotional as uh, definitely more emotional than the previous tracks in my opinion. Hmm. It got me going a lot better and I, I was connecting with it more. I'm taking Matt's stance on this one. I was actually getting connected with this song. That's it. 
I'm going to just say that I, I think if I was to sum up this band here, I think they are at their best when they're taking a little bit more creative chances. Um, Not by far. But, but they can't go too far because like I said even though this is not one of the uh, songs we reviewed Eleanor Rigby is going too far I think that was that was pushing the creative line just a little bit too much yeah but how often do they miss their mark um it's not um, well and to be fair we haven't can, we haven't looked at their entire was, discography yet no we haven't but we looked at a pretty good sized selection of songs 16 um, songs and if I were going to say miss their mark you no, he posed a question I'm going to say one, two, three, four, five, which is actually really good for a group of people that have had no help from anybody doing this stuff. And that's looking at the covers that was a while ago. But mm-hmm. And that's just, mostly looking at the covers. But we're, we're talking looking, about we're just the EP. Separately You've got here. 75% success rating. If we're looking at the if EP... If we don't count the bonus track. Yeah, yeah if don't count, just the count the four, six, okay. the actual four of the uh, EP. I don't like Red Hands. Right, that's, so that's, that was the one. that's the one out. We have in all of us a seventy-five percent approval rating on that, which is very good for a first that's endeavor. Actually, <laughs> really good for first studio endeavor, like well, first professional, well, professional commercial studio, studio endeavor. Yeah, that, and if you guys are actually interested, because I found this out just today, what Revo stands for? Because it's not Revo, it's R E V O. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Sarah Blackwood puts it. Uh, she says it's whatever you want it to mean. Something, something vocal orchestra? No. <laughs> it's a movement, a way of life. It's uh, time to realize every victory outright. Realize, realize every, every, every victory, victory outright. outright. Okay, I was wondering if you're actually going to do You did the it. after quote. Now I know you love it. You did that whole every victory outright. Yeah. It's a well, as far as I'm concerned, hands. the entire goddamn don't. album was amazing. Steve, <laughs> I give it 100%. Don't, don't whisper, Steve. <laughs> Whispering never actually gets recorded. You mean like your pantomimes? Uh, <laughs> I'm pantomiming Stabbing Steve. I'll start with the wrap-up. We'll do a duality. The covers... 3.5. There's a couple of ones I didn't care for, but they did some very interesting things, a very good thing to some stuff that I actually didn't like beforehand, or only found less than... Uh, well, no. But I found underwhelming. Like, somebody I used to know, after a little while, got wearing. Some night, after a little while, got wearing. Their reimagines, step ahead. But these are covers. This was not original designs. They're original work. And I'm going to count all five of them together, because we're going to do all five of them together. 80 percentile. Four. One song I didn't like. Four songs I loved. Hmm. All right, I'm going to go straight up four stars. All right. Um, so the covers, I lo- I think I liked a lot, a lot more than you guys did, um, or at least the two special, uh, the two specific to the podcast. Um, Me and Steve. Yes, thank you. Those are the words I was trying to speak with my mouth. <laughs> You're having fun with words today. I am, I am. Um, so, the, so the covers collection, I really liked. I think that the only songs that I didn't, Love because I just you know they were just kind of quirky as, as Steve said was, um, you know the French song that I'm not even gonna bother to pronounce. Le Champs Elsies. <laughs> oh God. That's why. <laughs> and and uh, little boxes. Those are songs that I might not really listen to again, but not because they were bad, but just because yeah, they were quirky and they weren't really something I would listen to again. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty solid covers record, especially considering I've I've listened to quite a few covers. 
Um, so I would give the, the the covers collection a four because I think it's definitely a step above average, and I really enjoyed most of it. the The only song that I really got bored with was the, the version of Some Nights they did, and not because of it being bad, but just because I didn't really like the source material at all. Whereas Payphone, personally, I I can bob my head to, where some nights I have not much interest in at all. But I still quite enjoyed it, so I would give it a four for the covers collection. Revo, the the EP of originals, I'm so much more looking forward to their originals. As much as I liked the covers collection, their originals, I felt, were leaps and bounds better. I mean, obviously, it was also a different form of recording. You know, they were doing their mainstream recording studio take on, on stuff, or quote-unquote, but, I mean, Gang of Rhythm speeches, some, Summer Vibe, you know, and I, I quite like Red Hands. Um, I, I think it was great. I mean, I don't think it's all the way there yet. It's not a 5, but I would definitely give it a 4.5. They're getting close to that step. If it were a full album and it was the same percentage, it might show up a bit differently. But for an EP, 4.5 hands down because they're at that step where they have potential to be some kind of this... <laughs> This kind of wave of new music inspiration, you know, and I'd like to see them put out a full length, and I'm we'll, we're definitely going to review it when when that happens. But as far as just as for the EP, I definitely give it a four point five. And I don't think you have to wait too long for that uh, that full length to be released. According to uh, Wikipedia, it appears that a full length may be released in the next year. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So I haven't actually looked into this yet, but I am excited and will be after the podcast because, oh boy! Um, yeah, I, I'm glad I, I got a top, an opportunity to bring Walk Off the Earth here. I'm glad we got an opportunity to, uh, to put it on air like this. Um, for the covers... I agree with, uh, I think I agree with you a lot, Matt. A lot of them, you know, they're cool to listen to. It's, it's, this is the kind of stuff I tend to just throw on a playlist and let play while I'm doing other stuff. And then, you know, when the things I really like, like um, like when Party Rock Anthem comes on, and it's just like, this is a great new take on a song I used to hate. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. kinda, I can just bob around for a little while, and then I get back to my work. A um, good take on a song I used to hate. Yeah. Sorry, I had to pull that. Wow. wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, oh, groan. Uh, but yeah. I thought my opinion couldn't get lower. Wow. wow. Harsh. <laughs> Indeed. You were saying, Joe. John has no boundaries. Um, the covers, um, this this collection is really, really great. Um, some of it's a little bit off. Um, I would give it a solid four stars. The um, For Revo, um, as is, it's it really is a solid EP. It shows what this group can do. It's um, it has a lot of potential. It's not all the way there. I agree with you, um, with with you, Matt. That it's not everything it's going to be. But I it, this shows that there's a message to the, that these guys have. There's a emotion that these there's a, a lot that these guys dedicate to their music, and it comes through really strong in every one of these songs. Um, I give it four point five. All right. Um, I'm gonna say that at their core. I still think they are a cover band, but I see the originality in there. They always put it into their covers, and they've definitely put it on the new EP. Uh, Just to talk about the EP a little bit before the covers, the EP itself really is a solid EP, with the exception of the first track. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and say that they put on Red Hands specifically because 
they know that that's the most popular stuff. They do have ambitions. They don't want to stay a cover band for the rest of their lives. They want to get some popularity. And let's face it, you do a song like Red Hands, you're going to get that. It's a sellable song. So that's why they put it in front, which alludes to other stuff that they can do. And they save the best stuff for the end. Honestly, the two through four are just... All the three of them, they're just solid songs. Completely. I, I have very little critiques for them at all. So, yeah, I'm going to rate that first. I'm going to say the EP is a four. I agree with you there. Um, I would like to go a little bit further with it, but we get that on the album. An EP is supposed to be a collection. So We're going to get that on the album. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. Some of that. But uh, cover-wise, you know, it's nice to go back and see what they used to do. Um, it was kind of hit or miss for me, but I like it when they're taking more creative chances. So, you take that into account with a few songs where I feel like they just did not go far enough, which are a decent amount here. I think I agree with your assessment before, John, that you said five, five songs out of these, uh, ten or eleven here. Three, seven, five. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hey, at least I boiled it down to, yeah, to just no, quarters. Like 3.725789. Oh, no, unless I'm in the upper fours, then I, I can do anything I want. Yeah, obviously. Your rules sure. are very flimsy. Very flimsy. <laughs> so are his arguments. But I wouldn't go that far. Anyway, moving forward, I'm, I'm, so. I am very grateful that, and a lot of our guests have taken to, to bringing us albums, which I really appreciate, because it's nice to hear stuff that you might, we might not have thought to review, and I didn't even know these guys existed until... Uh, the last Nerdy Oki before this past Sunday when you had played one of their songs for it's me. It's because they're Canucks. <laughs> they're I, Canadian, it's true, but they're still rock. I happen to love Canadians. I, I found out a new band from Joe not 10 minutes before the podcast. The, Stel- the Giraffes? A, a steam, oh, steam Power Giraffe. Steam yes, Power Giraffe. I looked up that one song you said, Automaniacal. <laughs> Automatonic Electronic Harmonics. Yeah, oh, where that's a mouthful. Yeah, check Dude. that one out, guys. Oh man, I gotta check these guys out. This was uh, trippy. Oh yeah. To start with, incredible showmanship in their video, but just his voice is just so interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and it's heard, got a range. Yeah, and I heard you, you got this on your karaoke now. Uh huh. I got Which, well. I haven't. I don't have karaoke tracks. I do use have, them as uh, an interstitial. I, yeah, I use. DJ tracks play. We're always playing stuff in between, and especially for Nerdyoki, I like to play around and throw out different stuff. Okay. So what's better than a a, a, a band of uh, pantomiming automatons? Here's here's the whole thing though. You you keep doing that, and we've been to I've been to Nerdyoki not nearly as often as Matt, but quite often. Uh, you like to use songs, Twix the singers that you don't actually have. The karaoke track for and I'm gonna call you out that's BS because you keep playing songs <laughs> I like well I'm sorry but who wants to hear this think about it say uh, I wanna sing uh, yeah well, but next say, time I wanna do I wanna sing Journey but you and you know then you're hearing it in between songs like oh well now I can't sing that it's been played we actually make it a point not to play songs that we have karaoke tracks to oftentimes or to try and play more obscure stuff. Um, and I do have a lot of people who are like, oh, that song, yeah, I bet there's a karaoke track of that one. Especially since Kings of Karaoke, uh, we pride ourselves um, 
And you're 500,000 different songs. Insane amount of songs. And our books don't encompass all the songs that the Kings of Karaoke can offer because we're constantly updating uh, week by week. So um, a lot of times I've got more on the hard drive. So people just need to come up and ask me about a song. And um, there's quite a few times that I've got it for them. And if I don't, I always write it down and we request it, see what we can do and find it. Uh, May I make a suggestion? Considering how often you're going to be at the way station now, why don't you create a section just with your listing of new songs? Well, we're passing it on to our uh, our boss. I mean, that it would be a monumental endeavor in and of itself is the problem is because that's week by week yeah, we're updating. And, and week by week we're having to print out a new paper with the new songs. And, you know, that's going to be a lot of paper added to a lot a already huge book. Yeah, about, um, about 500 pages. Mm-hmm. We find it a lot easier uh, as DJs to say, hey, come on up and talk to us. It gives us an opportunity to interact with you rather than just sitting behind a booth or, you know, staying out of sight or just hitting the play button, which is something that, again, the, the kings of karaoke pride ourselves on. We don't like to be detached or, you know, just pressing buttons on a keyboard. We like you're to not, be a part of the party. Yeah, you're not a DJ. Well, that's You're the host. But that's the I thing about that, karaoke that I, I love and hate Karaoke before discovering nerdyoke, especially barroom karaoke, because private room karaoke, when you rent a room, bring some booze, and sing with your friends, that's always fun. That's when I get really drunk and do Spice Girls. Because <laughs> true but story. That, but that's always fun because I want you to do Spice Girls next nerdyoke. <laughs> um, that's always fun because you're with your friends, you're in your comfort zone. Whereas if you go to barroom karaoke, a lot of it is. The good singers go up to show off, the bad singers get heckled, and you either feel intimidated by the good singers or you just get drunk enough to be a bad singer. Whereas at the the Nerdy Oki experience, specifically at the Way Station, it's a comfortable room and it's a safe place, and the hosts are interactive. I mean, Joe hosts it most of the time, but he's had, had other guest hosts who also do a fantastic job of being ridiculous and silly and just all over the place. We and like to encourage that at all of our uh, all kings, uh, the kings of karaoke shows are very much. Um, judgment-free zones as much as we can possibly control it. Because it's it's no fun to be like, oh my god, that person sucked. I mean, that's just an energy downer. The uh, worst comment I've heard is, oh, I don't know that song. <laughs> and yet they're still up there singing it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which is the like, best oh, part. I don't know that song. That's the only time I've ever really tuned out during a song. It's just that I can't oh. sing along. A lot of our DJs actually do something called um, the challenge, or what I like to call kamikaze karaoke. Um, where, you know, if if ever someone really wants to hear a song, they'll come up to you like, I want you to go up there and sing Eminem. I'm like, oh crap, you want me to sing Eminem? Okay, and you know, we jump up and we'll go and uh, do our best and most often fail horribly, but we will go down (laughs) with the greatest flaming show you have ever seen. (laughs) And it's always a good time for everyone, especially just because I think it's good to give it, uh, to offer up the uh, opportunity because it's like, hey, this isn't our oppor- this isn't our chance to get up there and show how awesome singers we are. We are a party. That's the entire point of being out at a karaoke show. It's to have fun, be with your friends, drink and sing because it's just fun. Well, I wouldn't demean the serious undertone there. I mean, I imagine it probably is a great place to discover talent. I don't know. We're not working on the talent discovering. I'm just saying. If you ever happen to co- I, mean, I I saw some talents there last night and I think if there was actually someone in the industry, like the same way they discover bands. A lot of times they attend bars and things like that and just watch a band go up on stage and then they make the approach. That could conceivably happen to oh, you. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, you get the story where it does happen. I, however, very much disagree that that should ever be the focus of a karaoke show. 
Focus, no. I wouldn't make that claim. Well, yeah, at all, I would, I would like to encourage at every karaoke show, you go up there and be comfortable and have fun. It's quite frankly, and this comes both from uh, the karaoke background and my background as an actor, you, your, your best stuff comes out when you are feeling natural, when you're feeling comfortable, when you're feeling safe, when you are attached and you know connected with yourself. If you're going up there wondering about if there's any uh, agents in the room, Oh, certainly. You're not. gonna set. You're going to already have that extra pressure. You're not gonna enjoy yourself as much. You're not. You're not a part of the party. That makes sense. So we we don't bother with that entire thought process of you know what can come out of it. This is a this is a chance to have fun. You know, goof around. If you want to like impress the girl sitting over there because you know she <laughs> you think she's really cute, go up there and sing some Michael Bublé. See how it goes. You know. Hey, that's just as much pressure as the uh, as the agent. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, but you're not gonna get laid by the agent. No, but you get a shit ton of money. <laughs> Do Which, you really? But do you really? I know you might. <laughs> I don't really think that happens as often anymore, though. No. Going back to the barroom agents stocking out bands, it doesn't really happen as much as you'd think anymore. I'm pretty confident that a lot of that stuff... I mean, th- this whole being discovered, it's not really the case as much in this in, in a modern society. I mean, I'm sure it still happens, but... I think it's been completely replaced by the internet. I'm pretty confident, yeah. Mm. No, that's how we've discovered Walk Off the Earth. I still think it's a healthy mix, personally. But. It's, I mean, I guess it's really hard to say none of us are involved very closely in the music industry, but I definitely really think that it's leaning more towards the discovery through the internet. You know what's interesting is uh, much more often I find that artists are finding each other at karaoke shows. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my shows I, uh, is uh, up in Greenpoint uh, at One Stop Beer Shop on Thursday nights. Um, and at that show uh, a couple weeks ago, I met someone who wanted to uh, work on a duet album and asked me if I would think about you know working with them. And I was like, that might be interesting to do. And so we've been talking about it. It might still happen. Who knows? You know. But it's it. This is a lot of times more a uh, a forum for people of like minds to get together and you know see what what can be done and be like if if any kind of discovering is happening it's usually on a more personal level of like hey i would love you know i'm writing a musical and i would love to um collaborate collaborate yeah yeah. well i would definitely agree also because i've actually gotten i mean the the first time i ever met tyler was at an erdioki show and uh, he, he belted out phantom the opera and 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 John and and a friend, a mutual friend to a few of us, Matt Connor, were like, "You need to talk to him." And then they went and talked to him, and we were introduced, and we ended up having time on a podcast. That's how I discovered Joe and invited oh, still Joe on the podcast once in a while. What yep. he was there this past Sunday. Yeah. Yep. Was and it, you know, I, I mean, and there are potential guests like yeah. a, a regular at Nerdy Oki, Aliko, who works on a Ghostbusters show. He used to be in bands. He wants to come on the podcast as well sometime in the next couple of months. It's it's a great place to connect with people. I, I agree on a personal level. Our barkeep gets on stage every week. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she, did, a, she did zombie yeah. once yep. that said chills through me. Uh, Alyssa. She did awesome. it last night. Alyssa's. Yeah. She did it last night. She did, no, yeah. someone else did zombie last night. Oh, oh okay. someone else. Okay, but okay. Uh, she did. Because uh, uh, I would be kicking uh, myself for know. missing that. <laughs> she did. You ought to know. Last night, really. Uh, um, Alyssa's great. I mean, I think that's also the unique thing about the way station specifically is you never feel like you're there to get served. You, I, I mean, there, I know the names of almost every bartender in that bar because they make an effort to get to know you. They don't just. 
if you're a regular there, they don't just go, oh, you're a regular, here's a, here's a drink, Goodbye. I'm not even quite a regular, and I don't have to ask for my drinks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I go to the bar, the, which one you want? And I'm like, captain, and, the dad, and I get my drink. They, make, <laughs> they make an effort to get to know you, and, and I think that's a really great feature that complements the Nerdy Oki experience specifically as well. Um, I do have one question for you, Joe. And here's here only it is. one. I have more, but at this, this, is the moment. First, this is the one I'm focusing on right now. Sure, I am not good at karaoke, and the reason I'm not good is that I'm thoroughly and utterly terrified without at least 250 milliliters of Jack Daniels in my system. Do you have absolutely any advice? Uh, first of all, bullshit. You're no good at karaoke. There's not one person who is not good at karaoke. Tanking. What people refer to as tanking a song or, or a, you know, completely bombing it doesn't happen at a Kings of Karaoke show. The Kings of Karaoke, we go up there and the DJs will pick songs that do not fit us. We do it because it's fun, because we really want to. And we just go up there and have fun. If you're having fun, there is no bombing. Okay, I'm not having fun. If you're not no. having fun, then what are you doing at our show? Well, Come no, talk I'm... to me. I'm going to buy you a drink, and you're going to start having fun, damn it. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have a fear of I have a severe, nearly crippling stage fright unless intoxicated or without mm-hmm. eye part. And that is a common, a common problem. Um, in w- which case, again, uh, the kings of karaoke come uh, quite in handy with our... Uh, with our approach to it. One thing that uh, we love is to bring our personal, um, our personalities to the show. We don't do a standard box of, you know, this is the Kings of Karaoke, and every Kings of Karaoke show looks exactly the same way. It never happens. Not one of our shows is really remotely similar to any other show. Um, Each show, depending on who's DJing and who's hosting, is a very different beast. And that's why Nerdy Oki even became a thing is because I'm just a huge nerd and we go where I go to the nerd bar and we said, hey, let's do karaoke here. So a lot of times it really depends on us to be the people to be like, let's talk. You like this song. You like this song. You have some alcohol in you. You know how much fun it is to sing. What, you've had a bad day? You know what really helps? Singing. And we don't say it to be like, hey, you know, you should sing. You got to get up and sing. It's like, no, seriously, you've had a bad day. You know what you need to do? Get it out. You know what's a nice way of getting it out? Drinking. You know what else is a nice way of getting it out? Singing it. And there's plenty of songs that are all about that kind of griping. It's like, what, you like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Do you like the Foo Fighters? They got this angsty song called Rope. Sing about that girlfriend that you really hate that she's, you know, she's been bitching around or the, uh, the one who dumped you. You know, sing a song that's going to get, your, get your, your crap out. And you'd go up there and it's like, all right, so I'm just going to open myself up and do this. And that, that thought is very scary. But once you do it, you're now up again and again and again. Well, it's a good point that John brought that up, because I was almost in that position last night where I was kind of like zoning out. Yeah, I wasn't the best of moods or anything, but I was zoning out. I was enjoying the show, but my recourse was to go back to the musical point of view, where I was actually treating it like I was like, oh yeah, the musical critic, yes, I, I'm, I'm analyzing what's going on on stage. But I understand that's not, that's not the point of karaoke, but you can't help but be drawn in by a really phenomenal performance. At that point, I'm just sort of quiet. It didn't help that I couldn't drink and I had to drive later. But, you know, <laughs> still, 
I had zoned out. I was enjoying the show, and I was I was kind of watching for those where I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what they're doing with that. Like, do they sing in any other medium? Do they sing elsewhere? I know we have a group of uh, talented actors up there as well. Um, I'm sure they're in, are some of them in the musical business. Uh, Broadway. Some of them are. Um, I guess I can consider like, myself sort of. I do more I was, I was action say. fighting kind of. St- I'm more of an actor combatant, but I do sing. Right. Um, one of the things that really helped me to feel comfortable at Nerdy Oki is recognizing a song that I know I can sing. Because there are some songs that people feel confident singing. So, and to speak exactly the experience that Joe had brought up, that's exactly what happened on the first night that I sang. The first night that I sang, I wasn't having a great week. The details of why are completely unimportant. But the, the reality was I wasn't feeling great. I was kind of anxious and I just... I wasn't feeling great, so I picked a song that I know I like and know all the lyrics to and can sing blindfolded. The song Inside Out by Eve Six, which I know I can sing. The first great night song. I got up, I was incredibly nervous. My girlfriend and fellow contributor to our website, Mary, had said, do you want me to go up with you? I said, no, no, I'll do it myself. And so I got up and I sang it. And everyone cheered and applauded. People were singing along. And I got out my angst through this song. That's a very angsty song from the mm-hmm. 90s. And I felt better. And then next thing I know, the next week, I was up two and three times. And now I'm a regular and I'll even sing songs that I know I can't sing. You have to start with a song that you know you can sing. I got John up because we sang Gorillaz together. We did Clint Eastwood. I sang the slow um, 2D part. And And I tear up the lyrics. So I think if you find an Eminem song that you feel comfortable with, like the one we were talking about off air... No, that one, Oh, I can't do that. That's a lot to spit. Yeah. <laughs> but find an Eminem song, maybe one of his older songs, that you feel comfortable spitting. I probably do Mosh. So, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. So then do that, and once you do it, you'll feel better. The problem is All also, right. the first time you got on stage by yourself, you tried to sing Blackbird. Which I can actually sing very well. But it's a Beatles song. That's a lot of pressure. I would never sing it's Queen. It's a very short, easy song. My favorite band, one of my favorite bands of all time is Queen, but I would never get up and sing Frank and Freddie Mercury ever, no. ever. I, dis- I disagree I a little say. bit. <laughs> I disagree a little bit because uh, the fact of the matter is, just as we bring our personalities to the show, and I hope this uh, shows through every uh, The Kings of Karaoke uh, karaoke show, that we want you to bring your personalities to the show. We don't want you to come and be a karaoke singer. We want you to be, you know, John and Matt, and we want you guys to come and have fun. Be yourselves. Do your thing, and enjoy yourself. If you come as you know, if you're if you're the kind of person who's like, I can't do disservice to my favorite band. All right, so don't sing your favorite band. Sing something similar and enjoy yourself. Yeah. A lot of times, that's what I go to. Is like, you know, what's your favorite band? Go to something similar. I usually don't know what to do during forty-five second interludes. <laughs> I get handsy. I, I'm like, I'm just waiting. I'm supposed to be this like trained person I'm like I still do the hand thing I'm like what am I doing this is stupid (laughs) yeah you gotta pick a song that doesn't have interludes that helps (laughs) you're not standing up there doing nothing because like I did Grace and all of a sudden I forgot oh there's all that time where I'm not singing (laughs) I just gotta stand there awkwardly point being air guitar I always go bring your personality bring your personality bring your fun do, and that, your, do your thing. And that's very apparent at the at the Nerdy Oki show. You know, everyone knows each other or is just friendly with each other. Because we're per- nerds. And the personality get very easily gets out there. Um, I If I don't know what to do during an interlude, I always go to air guitar or air drums. That's always easy. Because you look stupid anyway, so you might as well have fun with it. Um, in fact, for the last two times I've went, this girl, I think her name is Lindsay, does uh, Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. And both <laughs> times I'm sitting next to one of the booths uh, on one of the steps 
uh, air guitaring the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Because it's fun. That's the, another great part about the parties is that, you know, everyone gets into each other's songs. Yeah. And a lot of times it's like, I have never heard that song before. That's such an epic song. I want to find it. And so you get turned on to something new. Other times it's like, I love that song. I can't believe how much I forgot how much I love the song. That happened last night with uh, someone who sang uh, Yellow Cards Ocean Avenue. Yeah. I love that song. And I kind of forgot how much I loved it until MJ and I were like, yeah, rocking out on the side. That happened to me last night with uh, Hip Hop Epotamus versus the Ryan Nostra. Yes, that because it, it's the inflection they used like yeah. I you know you don't just want to see someone just kind of like sing the lyrics to that they put every bit of inflection uh, in I was absolutely loving it so I had to give them well, that's like for me show. when um, I can't remember her name saying Peaches by the President of the United States of America I love the President of the United States of America and I had forgotten about that song's existence until she sang it and I was like Peaches I love this song <laughs> yeah. you know it's it, that's a, a fun thing about karaoke also like for me now that I feel comfortable singing Sinking, singing, oh. <laughs> and sinking. If I'm singing badly, no. Um, I, I've, I, I like finding songs. Oh, that's a '90s song that I love, and a lot of people probably know it and not remember they know it. Like, there's a song mm-hmm. called "Roll to Me" by Delamari. Oh, I love, love that, that song. song. <laughs> I didn't sing it the other night, but I think in in future weeks I'm going to because it's one of those songs that as soon as you hear it, you'll go, "Oh, I remember the song." Or like "Blues Traveler." You sing "Blues Traveler," people will immediately remember "Blues Traveler" from the '90s. You know, that's why I like doing '90s or '80s songs because those are those kind of like, "Oh wow, that exists." Still, so, like, kind of reaction. I like that. I forgot about that. That's the song that was in Buffy that time when I was so high. <laughs> <laughs> or something. So, but but it's definitely different from the standard standard karaoke show, and I think that's why it has such a rabid fan base, especially at the at the way station. But the more your collection grows, you're going to have to have multiple books, and then have to trade. Hey, can I get A through G? The way I'll it's give, growing right you. now, we're going to have to have all, all day karaoke. We went almost five hours last night. Yeah, it was pretty long. Uh, where else? Speaking. Okay. Sidetrack. Different. Different thing. Where else do you uh, host Nerdioki or Kings of Karaoke? Uh, I do two uh, the Kings of Karaoke shows. I do my Thursday nights at One Stop Beer Shop in Greenpoint. That's on uh, Kingsland Avenue uh, at Beetle, uh, just under the, uh, just past the BQE. And I do Nerdioki's on uh, sun- every other Sunday, second and fourth Sundays at the Way Station. Um, in addition to that, the Kings of Karaoke have a full schedule. We are active seven days a week. Um, we do private parties, we do one-off shows, um, all of those kind of things. We do, uh, we do it all. And we've got uh, basically any show you want to do, we have a DJ that will go with it. We do a metal show at um, this metal bar called St. Vitus. We have been a long-standing long uh, part of uh, Bar Matchless and of Trash Bar in uh, Williamsburg, uh, Greenpoint. Um, Trans- oh, and of course, one of our most successful shows, one of my where I actually got drafted into uh, karaoke, uh, this group was um, at Pine Box Beer Shop on Thursday nights, and now every last uh, Saturday is a '90s party. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's and you know we just no. have different DJs to do different things every time. Uh, we just we do it all, and if anyone wants to find out where the uh, next uh, King, the Kings of Karaoke party is at, you can always find us online. We are at thekingsofkaraoke.com. We are on Facebook as well, uh, so yeah, you can find us and check out our jams wherever we be. You tweet? I uh, I don't personally tweet. I think we have a Twitter account set up recently. Um, check out the Kings of Karaoke. 
or at the Kings of Karaoke. Um, and if it's not that, then I'll find it. <laughs> I would feel very bad for not knowing where it is. I want to check out that metal show because there's something you don't often think of as associated oh, with a karaoke environment. Yeah, like, I, I don't ever. I'm, a, I'm not much of a metal person, but you know what was the most fun is the first time I ever did Enter Sandman at St. Vitus. <laughs> that was epic. I never thought I would do it, and then I no. blasted I'm like, oh, I can do that with my voice. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. Yeah, well, um, you know. Having a variety of shows, I think, is also probably leads to this lends to the success of Kings of Karaoke. Well, is this kind of it shows that show. you don't fit your customers, for lack of a better word, your customers or your fans into your mold. You fit your mold around your customers, and they and it's admirable. Yeah, and they actually it's travel. Different. They like to come to different shows and see, like, oh, I met these guys at St. Vitus at the Metal Bar. I'm gonna go to One Stop Beer Shop where it's much more laid back and kind of like, um, you know. A, not a, uh, it's not like it's a dead show, but it's a more subdued environment where we get a much more poppy mix. Actually, that show's all over the place. It's one of my most eclectic shows. Um, and they come to that bar and they're like, oh, I guess I could, you know, try this less, you know, hardcore song, but I really love it and I never get a chance to sing it because all my metal friends would think I'm a freaking wuss. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's kind of great. You get to do new things, check out new shows, meet new people, drink with them. It's all around party time. I think the message today is definitely go go sing some karaoke sometime. Just go have a few drinks and sing a song. No, message today is go do things that you wouldn't normally do. And realize every victory outright. Revo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do that. Wow. Oh hey, it kind of applied. It was kind of a nice segue. I'm a cornball. A little bit, yes. We're um, all cornballs in our moments. I'm not a cornball. I'm yeah, awesome. Yeah, you are. You kind of I'm a are. Cheerio. <laughs> before, Digging in the screw. <laughs> before, before this gets too derailed, um, next week, uh, before we get to our email of the week, um, I definitely want to... Um, Mention that we're having a first next week. Uh, we're guestless next week. We have two guests back to back. We're gonna go a few episodes without guests, and we're going to do an album we've been dreading for a while. Trey, the third in the trilogy of awful. Uh, it, uh, okay, dudes, open ears. Just open ears. We to be fair, we're, our expectations right. are low, but come on, we shouldn't prejudge. We should. I'm not prejudging. If this is a three, I'll I, be, I'm only prejudging now. The second I push play, I'll go into my my. I'll be a good boy. And I'll, I'll, I'll 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 do what has to be done. Next so I'm just yelling at Matt. The Matt, things we stop. do out of fear. <laughs> <laughs> next week we're going to do Trey, the third and final installment of Green Day's trilogy of albums over the last six months. Um, this is the first ever no pick. Nobody wants to do this album. John I wasted two it. picks on this. I'm not wasting a third. So yeah. we're, we're having our first ever <laughs> no pick. Nobody wants to do this album, but we're going to do it anyway because it's our obligation is to wrap up this kind of trilogy. And it'll give us a, top, a time to talk about... <laughs> it'll give us a chance... That is no better than what I pulled earlier. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it'll give us a chance to talk about discographies specifically too because this plays very much into that. So we're going to cover that next week. Um... So, uh, do you have a fan email for us? Yes, I do. And this week, the message is... As any correct supporter knows, okay, as every woman understands, viewing Sex in the City was like being front row at a fashion display with a plot. By Jordan 3, Fire Red Sneakers. Wow. I don't think we've ever talked about Sex in the City. 
And we won't again. And we never will. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I would at least appreciate the spam emails to put through some effort. Come no, on because now. we're getting ones that are creepy accurate now. Yeah, that's true. Well, With only a couple of grammatically. They, 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 they understand we're in the business of culture. So I, it's not the worst we've had. Did someone that's make true. a Sex and the City reference at no, some point? No, we never <laughs> had. Never. 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 They're, they're completely random. <laughs> Random emailer, it is now your job to prove these men wrong. We've used the word... Where did this come from? And that is a very interesting insight. That's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> As a man, my mind is expanded. That's it. Yeah, uh, I do have to wonder how these bots work. How are they programmed at some point to think like, oh, well, maybe one, one in a billion, one of those articles will be about sex in the city. And then they'll, they'll think we're real. <laughs> but then, then they take uh, uh, words and instead of using pronouns, they just use nouns to call themselves. True, so that that kind of takes away my I, point. I very much doubt there's somebody out there who speaks English called sneaker <laughs> or boots. No, no, you know what? Boots, boots is probably from the old country. Anyway, back to the podcast. On the boots, he could be a caveman. <laughs> wow, Steve! <laughs> I loved it. Just that's, that's, it that's no, I'm, I'm Steve. giving that one to you. No, yeah, no. I like it. Ball mania. That's two. <laughs> Everybody gets just two. Everybody. <laughs> that's not right. Uh-huh. You want me to just count through 35 weeks of this? <laughs> anyway, um, so to wrap up, we're gonna do uh, Trey next week. Um, Thank you again to Joe Rood for joining us on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have him. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, please write in pleasure. questions, comments. You know the email. It's uh, crashcordsblog at gmail.com. There's actually a change. Our Twitter handle has changed from crashcordsblog to crashcordspod. Um, it's not going to just revolve around the podcast, but since the website's been mostly fin- focused on the podcast, I decided to change the username. Um, that's it. Donate, please. We want to make this better, and your money can help. Um, we're also going to feature after the closing of the podcast. We're going. Joe is going to sing a song for us. Um, so we're going to feature that at the end. We're going to tack it on, so you guys enjoy that. He does it a lot, and he's actually good at it. So, oh guys. So uh, <laughs> if you want to take us out, Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much. And uh, music is life, and life is good. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn. It's a new day, it's a new life for me. And I'm feeling in the sea You know how I feel River running free You know how I feel Blossom on a tree You know how I feel It's a new dawn It's a new day It's a new life For me And
and I'm feeling good Dragonfly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun Yeah, you 